Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts. This is Series 3, Episode 179 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much once again for joining us as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, covering uh, Doctrine and Covenants, Sections 60... June the 21st to June the 27th, Doctrine and Covenants, Section 67 to 70. And today uh, we're looking at Doctrine and Covenants, Section 68, a bit further on, particularly verses 25 to 28, and the commandment by the Lord uh, to the parents in Zion about how parents are responsible to teach their children. Now, this is um, a very well-known passage of scriptures, I think, uh, in the church. It's often one that we refer to. It's one that shows and in, and reminds us, and, and many people often use it to remind us, about the responsibility that parents have to teach their children. And this is partly why I think that we have this big push now to a home-centred, church-supported uh, gospel curriculum, because ultimately parents are responsible for their children in Zion. Now, let's we're going to talk about this principle today because I think that whilst this is a true principle, it's in the scriptures that parents have to teach their children. Um it is sometimes one which can bring a lot of shame and guilt to some parents. Um and when they've not done really anything wrong in particular or they've tried their hardest and yet their children still choose to not accept the gospel or follow the gospel continually through their their mortal lives. Um and I think that is important that we remember it's their mortal lives that perhaps they've chosen not to follow the saviour. But of course, we have an eternity to uh, to work with our children. Um, but let's look at the verses and just discuss kind of what we learn from the, from the verses here. In verse 25, it says, And again, <clears throat> inasmuch as parents have children in Zion or in any of her stakes which are organised that teach them not to understand the doctrine of repentance, faith in, G- in Christ, the Son of the living God, and of baptism and and the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands when eight years old, the sin be upon the heads of the parents. Now, this is obviously a a strong verse. Um, You know, to say that the the sin will be on the heads of the parents uh, is a really powerful um, and um, huge thing to really to, to consider. And I think that it's something that just helps us to understand that we shouldn't take this lightly. Um, Robert D. Hale said this, quote, We cannot take lightly the law given to us to teach our children the doctrine of repentance, faith in Christ, the Son of the living God, and of baptism, and, of, and the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands. We need to do a better job of teaching our children and our grandchildren to understand what it means to enter the kingdom of God, for we will be held accountable. Many members of the church do not fully fully understand what happened when they went into the waters of baptism. It is very important for us to understand the marvellous gift of the remission of sins, but there is much more. Do you understand and do your children understand that when they are baptised, they are changed forever? Adult converts to the church often have a better understanding of this transformation because they feel the contrast as they come out of the world into the kingdom of God. Close quote. This is a really important point by Elder Hales at the end there. We often see that with adult converts, there is a great change in heart when, when obviously they've had that change in heart um, compared to when a child has been baptised at the age of eight. And this is because that child, as they grow up in the church, they don't see what the world is like outside of that setting or that context. And so it's our role as parents, obviously, we don't want to say to them, right, well, to truly understand it, you need to experience the world first. So here you go. Here's a load of things to try out and see how you know damaging it can be. Obviously, that's not the way to go. But we need to think about how we 
give our children that understanding of the gospel in their lives today. Um, and of course, you know, there's moments where, you know, our children are young and we teach them and we testify to them and they share great things. For example, my son, uh, actually just yesterday, we were talking about the experience of the um, of Doctrine and Covenants 67, where the Lord offers, offers to the brethren the opportunity to try and write a revelation to see if they can write one that's just as as, as spiritual and, and, and powerful as the ones that are in the Book of Commandments. And if they can, then they can question whether they are true or not. Um, and William McClellan coming forward to try and do that as, as an experienced and wise person, and he wasn't able to. Um, and we were talking about this and how the people weren't trusting that these revelations came, you know, were, were, were not correct from Joseph Smith. And then my son pipes up and says, oh, well, they don't need to trust Joseph Smith. They need to trust God. And I was like, oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's brilliant. Um, and so, you know, you have those moments. But then, of course, I'm fully aware that as the years roll on, that that my children, despite all the teaching and testifying and the, the love that we share with them, they, they may not choose to follow the Savior. And that is probably one of the the biggest fears I have in this world, which is so diverse and it's so tempting in, in many ways to pull to pull us away from this path that's the way it is and that's the way it will be until our savior comes again even more so perhaps as time goes on and so the question is will i be held responsible for my ch- children's um rejection of the gospel if they do reject the gospel if i've done all that i can to teach them well obviously i think that that is something that's different i think what the lord here is saying here is that we need to be proactive and teach and testify to them. But more important than that, it's not just teaching them the, the facts or the doctrine, but it says in the verse, teach them not to understand the doctrine of repentance, faith, and so on. Um, and it's that understanding which I think we sometimes forget to try and instill in our children as well. Do we help them understand how it can impact their lives? Do we help them to <coughs> understand how to receive revelation? Do we help them to try and understand what this means to them rather than just the facts of the gospel. Uh, I think that that is uh, an important part of this too. Um, And as parents, we should probably try and do our best, but also not beat ourselves up if we don't manage to do a come follow me session at a certain time we're meant to. You know, you know, time is, is, is challenging and there are many time pressures and sometimes things may fall through. But if we try and be as consistent as we can, Show with our words how much we love the Saviour, but more importantly, show with our actions. And I think that is something which we, which we sometimes need to remember more as well. Do we show by our actions how much we love the Saviour um, and how much his love, what he did for us, means to us in the way we live and breathe and act? And if not, then we need to repent and change the way we think, breathe, act. Um, and so it's... Um, it's an important principle, the one which makes me shudder whenever I read it or think about it. But, you know, it, it just spurs us to, to try and do better and, and do the best that we can. Um, in verse 27 and 28, it says, And their children shall be baptized for the remission of their sins when eight years old and receive the laying on of hands. And they shall also teach their children to pray and to walk uprightly before the Lord. So again, um, this idea that... Um, we need to teach our children not just what the gospel is, but how to interact with it, how to engage and, and grapple with it. Uh, and so being able to pray for themselves. And so we we encourage our children often to remember to say their 
their individual prayers. Don't forget to say a prayer yourself tonight and speak to Heavenly Father. Whether they do or not, I don't know. Um, I've never, you know, had that moment where you kind of step into the room and you see your child praying. I've not had that moment yet. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Or one cute thing our daughter does do is um, she has a little prayer rock and and every now and then uh, she puts it under our pillows to remind us to pray, which is, is sweet. I don't know, again, if she does herself or not, but this idea that we just need to try and with small interactions each day, um, just um, encourage our children to, to start interacting, especially when they reach the age of eight. Speaking of that age, Joseph Fielding Smith said this, uh, quote, now we baptize our children at the age of eight years. That is the age that the Lord has des designated as the age of accountability. Little children before that age are redeemed should they die without any act upon their part. One of the most wicked doctrines ever taught in this world was that little children were born in sin, contaminated, and have to be cleansed from that sin for which they themselves were not responsible. Little children were innocent in the beginning. The Lord says by his decree until they re reach the age of accountability that they are free from sin, but from that age on, on they are under the necessity of baptism for the remission of sins and entrance into the church and kingdom of God. Close quote. Now I want to uh, point out that... Um, you know, does this mean that when a child is eight years old and one day that, you know, if they're not baptized, you know, that the, the day of their, 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 their age of eight and something horrible and, and awful and tragic happens, then does that mean that they're not saved? Well, obviously, it's up to the Lord to decide that. I would I would I would suggest that perhaps if that opportunity hasn't had yet come or they had chosen to, but that but then it doesn't arise, the Lord will, will take things into his hands. Um, I would also say that, you know, there are some children who are perhaps more wise before the age of eight. And there are some children that are not yet wise enough at the age of eight. Uh, but that is just the eight. We have to have an age. We can't we can't possibly do it by judgment, by by, by mortal men, because we're, we're, we're imperfect. And so the Lord has set that age as a, as a rule for, for everyone. Um, but of course, you know, does that mean that <laughs> and this is one thing that makes me laugh? Uh, when we have uh, baptism services and there's talks and things like that, people uh, sometimes say to, to the child, right, you're eight years old now, you've just been baptised, you're the cleanest person in this room, right, you better like, just try not to make any mistakes now. I think sometimes that's a bit interesting to say. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. No amount of trying to not make mistakes will stop us from making mistakes. Uh, we all sin, we all fall short. Um, but what I like to focus on is the blessing of the sacraments and how that it renews those covenants. And as we, as our children seek to at least, even though they do sometimes make mistakes, seek to at least come to the sacrament table worthy and ready to receive that sacrament, that is the greatest thing they can do. And what a great message of hope that is. Anyway, I've gone way over that time there on those few verses, uh, but I really like them. Uh, and I thought it was important to make those points as well about, yes, our need to teach our children in Zion, but also, you know, try and give ourselves a bit of slack. Make sure that we are, of course, trying our best. But ultimately, our children have their agency and there is the eternity to, to work together and support them to come back to Christ. Because I've not had that experience yet of, of knowing or feeling my children turning away from Christ. But I know others who have, despite a lifetime of loving and caring and teaching their children. And so, um, you know, what will be will be. And um, and I pray and I hope, I hope our family will be, will be together in the eternities. Thank you very much uh, for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please continue to follow the podcast on all the usual platforms. And until we meet again.